Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all of the top streaming platforms. If you want more of the Issue and access to our exclusive episodes, then subscribe to the Issue Mic'd Up. All of the links can be found on our website, and the link is in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and on our Twitter at the issue podcast. You are now locked in and listening to the issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, April 28th, and we have another episode here for you guys. It is draft day. Oh, it It is a great day in the NFL. Been building up to this day. Tim's back in the studio. It feels it feels fantastic. Oh my god, it feels so good. Um, I mean, you've been building to draft day, right? I, all these NFL teams. Um, we talk mostly NFL because a it's the biggest league. Um, it's probably the most interesting league, I would say. Uh, you, you can't follow baseball 162 games. Good luck if you do. More power to you. I'm just not going to do that. And you can gives, follow the NFL all year round. It gives all year us round. a ton of content for the next. Well, I don't know what. Every week up until the season, basically. I mean, after the draft, we'll have a little bit of a down period. We'll obviously we'll grade everybody's picks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's going to be a little bit of a down period, but then we get right back into predicting the divisions, yeah, like I think we always we start do. In like I think I think we started July 12th last year. Took us right up to the week before football started. So very very short down period, which is fantastic for us. I mean, just so much to talk about. Um, also things to talk about go follow our social medias um the the issue podcast on twitter the underscore issue podcast on instagram go check it out go even check out the tiktok uh the issue underscore podcast there it is there it is I, there's there's so many different handles we are, trying to pick a handle is brutal we have to look into getting just like a uniform one for for all of them i mean we can try that they're all taken different ones are taken on different platforms I don't even know another podcast with the issue. Actually, not one as awesome as this, so they should just give up the whatever handle they're they're stealing from us. Yeah, I mean, let the bigger brand have it at that point. You know, you think we could pay for it? We we definitely could pay for it. I know people do that all the time, but I just think it's uh, in the budget. What do you think the sticker price on that would be? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, But we are going to start the show today with uh, (laughs) hits and misses like normal. Uh, We'll get into Tim's rant. Into the second segment, we will have GM Genius, the last one. that we have to go through. It's the yeah. eighth one, NFC East today. Which uh, is perfect, right before draft day. Exactly, and, round it out. And then we'll get into the mock draft. Yeah, and the mock draft in the third segment to close things up. Just one round. We're not psychopaths that are going to give you a seven-round mock draft. I don't care who the Bucks are taking in the sixth round. Don't care. <laughs> if they find a gem, more power to them. If I was the GM, yeah, I'd be doing drafts into the sixth round. I'm not a GM. I care about who is going to be... These are... Right, first round picks, they're generally speaking day one starters. Right. I care who's going to come in and make an impact this year. Other than that, the, these teams are just going to go draft for draft for depth anyway later on. Yeah, build I'm not playing that game. Are you kidding me? I'm not playing that game. No, yeah. Um, but let's get into hits and misses uh, to start. All right, let's start with our first hit uh, the Pens. We've been saying for like a couple months now that the Penguins aren't playing their best hockey to kind of finish off the year. Um, what do you know? They, I, I think they might be like five and five in their last ten. I, I really do. Very up and down, right? They'll go play a really solid team like Edmonton, lose five one. You'll go get I, I don't, I don't even know who they beat the other day. Um, they'll go play like the Islanders and win three two, right? So it, it's really hard to get a to get a pulse on them. I worry if they have to play like the Rangers. Um, who are really, really solid. Right now, it looks like they might have to play the Panthers, who are solid. The Canes are another team that I would not want to play. No. Um, it, it's kind of unfortunate for the Penguins because the East is loaded. Most seasons, this they're like a three or four seed. Um, the East is loaded. They're going to be a seven seed, probably. I think that's going to slate them against the Canes. We'll see if they get out of that, get out of that series. I have my doubts. 
Um, but we've been saying the Pens have been kind of up and down for the last like month or so. Yeah, they just and dropped it like what five to two against the five Oilers. one against the Oilers. Yeah. yeah so I, they just continue to show their up and down nature lately. All right, first Mitch, let's go. Uh, let's go to the draft. I, I, I you'll see later. And uh, I've been saying I think Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in the draft overall. Reminds me a lot of T.J. Watt. Um, he was just passed up by Trayvon Walker as the betting favorite to go number one. Trayvon Walker's a little bit more of a raw prospect, has more of the physical upside that you're looking for. Wasn't super productive, is only a one-year starter. Now, granted, he's an SEC guy, so that holds a little bit more weight. He's now the betting favorite. I still think it's Hutchinson. Guess it's a miss on my part. We'll see who is right later today. Yeah. Okay, another hit here. Let's go with the Reds and the and the Pirates. Um, we said they would both be pretty bad, um, and the Reds are even worse than I thought they would be. Good lord, they, they can't even get fans in the seats. Uh, it's kind of like a like an Oakland A's situation. Even like the Pirates, the owner is not willing to reinvest in the team, and so fans are saying, "Okay, we're not going to reinvest in the team either. We're not going to go pay for tickets if you're not going to put a winning product on the field." Um, the Reds and the Pirates are both really bad. Where the Pirates lost twenty-one to nothing. Granted, they did take that series as a four-game set, and it was the only game they lost. But you lose twenty-one to nothing. I mean. That's a football score. Three, you lost by three touchdowns, and you're not even playing football. I, that was the worst loss in franchise history for the Pirates. Was it really? Yes. The uh, It was 20 to nothing prior to that uh, that they got beat. But 21 nothing sets the new Pittsburgh Pirates record for the worst loss in franchise history. Well, both the teams are bad, just as predicted. All right, how about another miss here? Let's go with the Phillies. I said uh, once... I saw that DeGrom was going to be hurt for the first couple months of the season. I thought it was the Mets division to start. DeGrom was hurt. I go, okay, there's a win to a win and a half per week, right? When DeGrom's throwing, oh yeah, almost you could almost chalk up a win. We are going to miss that for the whole first two or three months, right? So I said, okay, Phillies have a potent lineup. I think it's now the Phillies division to lose. Well, they're in, they're tied for fourth place. They're eight and ten. Um, I I don't know what else you can do. Uh, I, you're trying the old Kyle Schwarber leadoff experience. It's not going as planned. Terrible, but it's not going great. Yeah, it's not going uh, fully to plan. No. I think Nick Castellanos was still a good get. You watch the games and you don't really understand the problem. They just there's games where they'll put up nine runs, but their pitchers give up ten. There'll be games where their pitchers hold them to three runs and their bats only get you two. So it seems like they're not getting. Enough production on the days where the starters are good, but then when they get enough production, they just can't put a full game together on both offense and the defensive side of the baseball. I don't know. Maybe they'll put it together. I thought it was their division to lose, um, given that they should have a two-month head start on the Mets, but what do you know? They're in fourth place. All right, about another hit? Um, let's go with the wide receivers. I've been saying that, okay, wide receivers and weapons are going to be really, really valuable. Premium. Did I think they would be $30 million a year valuable? No, but I did predict... As soon as I saw Cincinnati like make the playoffs and win a playoff game, I said, okay, no, you don't even need a good offensive line anymore. You need you need weapons. Um, and what do you know? This offseason, you have the, the Dolphins going out and paying $30 million for Tyree Kill. The Raiders are doing the same for Devontae Adams. Debo wants out because he wants that type of money. A.J. Brown's looking at that type of money. DeAndre Hopkins is already making that. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamar Chase within the next year is making something like that. Oh, easily. Um, now, my rant will be on wide receivers and my grievances with these contracts, but they are really, really valuable, and you're seeing that reflected in the asking price right now for them. In the market price for wide receivers, you're seeing that valuability or value. I don't know. I'm not a linguistics major. Whatever. The value placed on that, that position. You're seeing that value play out. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. All right, final miss here. Um, let's go with the Giants, as in the San Francisco Giants. Um, I predicted, if you saw the TikTok, and uh, we then posted it on Instagram. Yeah. And Kinda, on when it, did we, Is it on YouTube as yeah. well? Um, well, we went through the over-unders of of some of the uh, MLB teams, kind of you know seeing what the vibe is, right? And I said under 87.5 for the Giants. Well, they're 13-5, and five and they lead the division right now. I didn't think they would be able to kind of pick up where they left off. I thought it was a little bit of lightning in a bottle last year. Well... So far, it hasn't been. They're still the same scrappy, really, really productive team that still gets good pitching and has solid defense around them. And so the 13-5, and five, they lead maybe not the toughest division in baseball, but probably one of the more top-heavy divisions in baseball. Where you have the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants all atop that. Yeah. And they sit 
um, solely in first place in that division. So, you know, hats off to the Giants. Whatever. So that is hits and misses on a beautiful Thursday morning. Um, ooh, a lot of, a lot of really, really, really good stuff. Like I said, I'm going to talk about wide receivers. We'll have GM Genius in the second segment. And uh, that'll be a quick, quick little second segment there. And then we'll get to a fantastic mock draft. Now, I will say the mock draft is what we would do if we ran these teams and what we feel is the smartest pick. I don't think anyone who listens to the show comes here for us to just look at a bunch of mock drafts and just try to guess, try to get into the head of a of a general manager. If you wanted that GM's opinion, go listen to them talk on, through a mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I feel like you guys come here to listen to our opinions and our takes, so we're going to tell you what we would do. Exactly. Um, like I said. Be- like I said we'll get to that in the third segment. Yeah. Only, we only have, we're only going to predict one trade because I think if you kind of go nuts with trades, you can almost get in your own head. But you'll see that whenever we get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's rather it's a obvious trade. If you follow us on social media, you might have been able to see it coming. If you could kind of put two and two together, right? A lot of teams looking to trade down, not a lot of teams looking to trade up. But we'll see. Um, I, I do want to talk about something with the wide receiver market. I think you see it like all the time. Um, you know, in in life, you see what's like important at the moment, right? Um, you saw it with the whole, uh, you know, the, the the George Floyd riots, right? Everything raged for I don't know a couple months, right? About this live matter, that that matters, wh- whatever. You saw that rage. That that was a fire that burned really really hot for like a couple months, and then it kind of fizzled out. And right, the the daily life goes on, right? I think you're seeing it a little bit right now with wide receivers. The wide receiver market is burning blue hot, right? It is burning. It, it's a market unlike anything you've ever seen. You, you've never seen a wide receiver getting $30 million a year, right? It just doesn't happen. And so I, th- I think it's similar, right? You see it with like houses. Every once in a while, houses in a certain area will spike for like a year. And then they'll kind of return to level a little bit. I'm hoping we see the same thing with wide receivers right now. And I think we will. And here is why. Look at this trend. I'm going to read you a list of te- uh, two lists of teams. So the first one, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Rams, and 49ers. Some pretty good organizations, right? Here's the second list of teams. Dolphins, Giants, Raiders, and probably the Jets. I'll explain to you why. Mm, over the last decade, decade and a half, are those teams winning very much? Giants haven't been able to win since Eli. Well, actually, since Eli was good, which was even longer than just Eli. So here, here's what is in common with the first list of teams. The Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Rams, and 49ers. None of those teams are going to overpay for a wide receiver. Even though the market is crazy right now. Even though everybody's telling you, oh, you need wide receivers. Even a couple years before this, Steelers said, no, A.B., you know what, we're good. Thanks. And then same thing with Juju. Although Juju wasn't asking for $30 million, he was asking well above market price for him. He's more of a slot guy, more of a number two. He was looking for closer to almost $20 million. We were like, how about nine? And he was like, pass, I'm going to the Chiefs. Right? He's getting about nine right now, but he's got a lot of incentives and all that. Steelers weren't willing to overpay. Chiefs weren't willing to overpay because for their budget, Juju was well within their budget. They said, Tyreek, you need $30 million? We just can't do that. We can't do that. We're paying Patrick Mahomes a lot. Chris Jones is getting a lot of money. Travis Kelsey, somebody that we would rather build around. We can't give a 5'10". I don't want to call Tyreek Hill a gadget guy, but I don't think he's a big outside presence. We can't give him $30 million. The Chiefs are being smart. Even the Packers. I have my grievances with the fact that they have no number one, number two, and you could argue number three receiver on the roster. But they're not going to go out and overpay for Devontae Adams. They're just not going to do it. Even the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots, their wide receiver room is horrific. They're not going to overpay, though. They're going to stay patient. Probably draft somebody, maybe, maybe in the later rounds. We don't have them taking one in the first round, but maybe later rounds. Right? Even the Rams, who went out and get Allen Robinson, they didn't overpay for him. $15 million a year for probably one of the best number two wide receivers in the league is not overpaying. It's not overpaying. And then the 49ers, who... Do not want to pay Debo top of the market value considering he only played seven games two years ago. He's only been wildly productive in one season. And he wants $30 million. Niners are going, whoa, hey, 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 relax. That's one season. That's 17 games. Let's take a deep breath. You play physical, you get hurt, and this is only one season. Can we at least 
see it for another season. That's all the, the 49ers are saying, hey, can we just see it one more time to know that that's not just lightning in a bottle? Those are the good organizations. Flip the script, the Dolphins. What gives you any bit of confidence that the Dolphins know what they're doing when it comes to allocating money? I mean, at one point they hired Adam Gaze as the head coach. I, I don't know what to tell you. They've been able to replace Dan Marino for, what, what 25 years now? Going on that around. I mean, you just shipped off the best head coach you've had since Nick Saban, who you also shipped off. Since maybe Wanstat, Jimmy Johnson. I, that, Brian Flores is the best coach, and most he beat Belichick twice last year. And you shipped him out of town. Dolphins are paying Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. That's interesting. Interesting. Oh, how about the Giants? Oh, the Giants are a super winning organization over the last 10 years. Yeah, they have the most expensive wide receiver room in the league. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, etc., etc. A bunch of nothing. A bunch of no production, injury-riddled wide receiver room. How about the Raiders? Look, they, the Raiders made the playoffs. That's fine. But go look at the last, like, 15 years of their history. They've been one of the most losing franchises in the league. They're up there with the Browns and the Jags when it comes to the worst organizations in terms of record over the last, pick your time frame, under three decades. I mean, since Kenny Stabler was their quarterback, they haven't won anything. Rest in peace, Kenny Stabler, by the way. Horse. He was a beast. But anyway... <laughs> And then we get to the Jets, who are probably, and we predict, going to trade for Debo Samuel and give him his whatever he wants, $30 million, 25 whatever. Those four teams now overpay for wide receiver, and then look at the six that don't. Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Rams, 49ers. What list would I rather be on? That list or the Dolphins, Giants, Jets, Raiders? I'll take list one. Thank you. You started to smile. It's almost laughable. It's almost laughable. Are they valuable? Absolutely, they're valuable. But let's also not lose the root word of that. Value. Right? Or do they fill a need with value? Right? Do the Dolphins, who already have a speed receiver, need to go pay $30 million for another speed receiver? Probably not. They're the same receiver. Is Tyreek Hill a little bit better at this stage in his career? Absolutely. Do you need to go pay $30 million to bring in a better clone of Jalen Waddle? Probably not. Right, I I love the Raiders, and I I actually really like the move for them. But at $30 million, and you just signed Derek Carr, things are going to get pretty tight around there. Right, oh, that offensive line that you need to rebuild? Good luck doing that with no cap room. Good luck, Andy, trade away your first... Your first round pick this year, so you don't really have a lot of draft capital to go get one anyway. I don't know. The, don't have the money to pay a veteran. I'd much rather be on list one. Give me the Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Rams, and 49ers. They kind of seem like they know what they're doing. A little bit. Good I'll ownership. Good yeah, coaching. I, look, right. Yeah, yeah. Look, let's just look at all the commons, right? Steelers. Pretty good coach. Chiefs. Yeah, pretty good coach. I'd say Matt LaFleur is good with the Packers. I think Bill Belichick's earned his cachet. I think Sean McVay knows what he's doing now that he just won a Super Bowl. I think Kyle Shanahan, everybody would argue, is certainly one of the smartest head coaches. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Or are we looking at the Dolphins, who have a rookie head coach in Mike McDonald? How about the Giants, who have a rookie head coach in Brian Dable? Oh, the Jets have a second-year coach in Robert Sala. And the Raiders, oh, they have a rookie head coach in Josh McDaniels, who failed miserably at his first stop. Yeah, um... I'll take list one, thank you. I'm just saying, I think there's going to be a little bit of a balance now. Maybe maybe next season, next next round of like free agent wide receivers, I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a seesaw leveling out, right? And would I pay Tyreek Hill $21 million a year? Yep. Would I pay, would I pay uh, Devontae Adams a little bit more, give me 24 Absolutely. Am I paying these guys 30 and $32 million? I can't do it. I can't do it. Right, what does that say in the locker room when two is making less than, than Tyreek Hill? It's it's a weird feeling. Right? It's a weird feeling. And I'm not sure he makes them all that much better. I mean, yes, a little bit, but like I said, he's basically Jalen Waddle. 
I don't know. I'm taking list one. I'm taking list one. Give me Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Rams, and 49ers over the Dolphins, the Giants, the Jets, and the Raiders. I mean, look, the Giants and the Jets, between the two of them, have four picks in the top ten. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know right there. Everything you need to know. All right. When we come back on the other side of the break, we will have GM Genius, NFC East. Don't go anywhere. We'll also have the mock draft in the third segment. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Issue. This episode is brought to you by Phoenix, or FNX. It's almost summertime. Go out and get all your supplements you need to keep you in the gym. Burn those love handles. Let's get out on the beach this summer, guys. Thank you for listening to The Issue. Again, go use code TJ2022 for 15% off your purchase. Thank you, guys. All right, all right, we are back. Relax, I know it wasn't that long. We weren't gone that long. It's all good, we're back on a little bit of a chilly Thursday morning. This week's been kind of cold. It was like 30 um, yesterday, which is kind of ridiculous. It's almost May. I'm getting a little sick of it, i got to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm I'm over the change. Um, You know, all the other sports people out in L.A., whatever. I'm not not jealous, I just want to talk. I might be a little bit jealous, but it's whatever. It's Wednesday, April 28th. It's a little chilly. We live and we learn. We give and we take. Um, but without further ado, we are going to have GM Genius in this second segment here. Yeah. Quick little second segment, get you out of here and get you into the third segment, which is going to be our mock draft. Again, I'm going to reiterate, because I feel like this, this can kind of get lost in the wash. People will take things out of context a little bit. It's what we would personally do, what we think is the correct pick. Because you come here for our opinions, we're going to give you our opinions. We're not going to try to jump inside the mind of a general manager. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. We are going to be the general manager ourselves, run through the draft. We're only doing the first round, like I said again, because I don't care what the Patriots are taking in the sixth round. And quite just frankly, we got stuff going on. We don't have you know three days to sit here and do a seven-round mock three draft. Three days, like three months. Are you talking? I mean, think about how much film... Like all those, watch. Yeah, that'd I mean, be a like, lot of I, research. I will say, would it be pretty cool to be a big personality like a like a Daniel Jeremiah or someone that does all those mock drafts? Absolutely. Am I jealous of him sitting there watching film <laughs> for six months prior to the draft, like eight hours a day, on top of what he already does for his regular job? No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't. You know, I'm more in the opinion side of things, right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of fun. Um. Instead of like the analytical writing up, right, making right, of the right, right. I watch I watch enough film to know what's going on to be well versed. It's all I need. There you go, and it works. All right, let's go with GM Genius. <clears throat> okay, we'll start with the Cowboys because I think, well, at least they're the most well known in that division. So we'll start with them. Um, I would say protect Dak. Uh, protect protect Dak. There okay, you go. Got, got it, it out. Um, so draft an offensive lineman. I think we have Trevor Penning. Um, we think he'll probably be, be available whenever they go pick. That, that'd be a solid pick. Um, obviously, if one of the top tackles falls, right, you have uh, Evan Neal, Ike Aquanu, Charles Cross. Like Those are kind of all the top guys. Penning is a, a tier down, but still probably going to be a solid day one starter. I don't think he'll ever be an A+. Plus. But I don't think it'll ever be a C either. But I think it'll be a solid B minus day one um, starting tackle. He'll be able to protect Dak a little bit, get the running game going. He's a big body. I think that'd be probably a, a good step number one. Later on in the draft, though, um, I'd go get some. I'd go get some kind of talent on the back end, right? You were able to draft Michael Gallup in later rounds. You kind of had an eye for that. Cedric Wilson was a good pick. Now, granted, Cedric Wilson is gone. Michael Gallup's recovering from an ACL, so. Maybe that didn't pan out that well, but you were able to find talent later in the draft. Kind of use that same formula. Let's go find a solid fourth-round wide receiver. Maybe get another tight end um, later in the round, get some offensive talent. Their defense is solid. You have a lot of young guys. You have Parsons, um, Trayvon Diggs, right? I think you'll be fine there. If you can shore up the offensive line, maybe add a weapon or two with depth, you consider it a pretty good draft for them. Yeah. Um, and then their third little point there for the Cowboys Get Mike McCarthy, and since Mike McCarthy is a, a Pittsburgh guy and we're in Pittsburgh, right here, get Mike out of town. Right there. Him, out of town. Kick him out of town. I think Kellen Moore is kind of already. Um, pause while I get a drink and wet the palate. There you go. I think uh, Kellen Moore is kind of the, the genius there anyway. I think he's kind of grooming to take that job if it's available. Now, keep your eye on, I'll go on a little tangent here, keep your eye on Sean Payton coming back. 
because he has plenty of offers to broadcast for a lot of money, like Tony Tony Romo type money, which is a lot of money. Um, so he has those type of offers to go do TV stuff and, and analysis stuff, but he hasn't taken one yet and like said he's going to do it for this year. He hasn't committed. Keep your eye on Sean Payton, not this season, but the season after, right? Mike McCarthy goes one more year. He's almost sure to disappoint. Jerry gets impulsive. He's gone. Sean Payton in. He's a Cowboy guy. He's been around the Cowboys before. Um, He's a veteran. And at the end of the day, you can have your issues with the Cowboys and with Dak Prescott, but if you get to walk into that organization as is right now, that's a pretty good job. Think about the jobs. Think about just the job openings this year in the NFL. You had the Giants. Um, the Dolphins, you had the Raiders, which granted the Raiders were a playoff team, so I guess those you kind of take them off. The Jags, the Texans, right? Those aren't good jobs. The Texans have Davis Mills, and if he, I, he actually might be the best player, and, he, and he's not good. Laramie Tunsil, maybe, and they were already talking about trading him. Um, so I, overall, in the grand scheme, the Cowboys might be a really, really good job, or they will be a really, really good job, and it could be open next year keep your eye on sean payton but anyway get mike mccarthy out of town kick him out all right how about the eagles i would say right now you got to rebuild the defense you have a young quarterback and a young coach what you don't need to be doing is trying to win shootouts because if i'm taking nick sirianni in the nfc right and that's not that's the weaker conference but just take the nfc if i need nick sirianni to go into dallas with jalen hurts and win an offensive shootout i shootout i don't feel good about it no going to the Rams, I don't feel good. The Bucks, I don't feel great. The Niners. Even, even, yeah, the Niners. Even the Cardinals. Um, even the Packers without Devontae Adams. I don't feel great going in with a young coach and a young quarterback having to win a shootout. I'd go rebuild the defense, make it a little bit easier to win. Because um, I think the offensive, uh, the point number two here is I wouldn't mess with the offense that much. They have an identity. They run the football. They're going to grit out tough yards. Jalen Hurts isn't going to be pretty, but he's going to be productive. Your receivers are going to get into the game uh, with with some shorter screen passes. Run after the catch. Don't mess with that much, right? If you want to go a little bit more downfield, right? Jalen Hurts is growing and maturing as an NFL quarterback. Let's test his limits a little bit. Let's try to add a dimension to our offense. But overall, I don't want to mess too much with it. I don't think you need to draft a ton of offense. Um, I'd probably go rebuild the defense. And again, point number three, this is to keep Jalen Hurts from having to win shootouts because I don't think he's that type of quarterback. I don't think he's a quarterback that can come from behind, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds, can you drive down the field? No. With a touchdown to a 10-point lead, can Jalen Hurts be productive, pick up first downs, and run ball? Yes, he can. You need to play with a lead and play from in front, and the only way to do that is to be able to stop people. Um, So if you want to win with Jalen Hurts, you have to rebuild the defense. It kind of all goes back to point number one there. And you'll see whenever we get in the mock draft who we have them taking to rebuild their defense. All right, how about Washington? I would say they already have a, a B to a B-plus roster. Really good front seven. Back end could use some work. Receivers are pretty good. Offensive line's pretty solid. And now with Wentz, you're at least stable for now at the quarterback position. So I'd continue to prepare your roster to get it to B-plus to an A-minus. We'll tell you again how to get to that next segment. And I would prepare to draft a quarterback next year. Kind of put the reins on Wentz a little bit this year. Yeah. That's, point, that's point number three, right? Put the reins on him a little bit. See if he can win eight games, right? If he can win eight games, puts you in about the 13, 14, 15 zone of next year's draft. That's fine. Trade up to an eight. You're going to have, there's going to be about four to five quarterbacks that you could argue taking in the first round next year, I think. Trade up to the eight spot, steal one of them. You're in business, right? Um, so that's kind of what Washington would do. I would continue to play your brand of football, continue to build your culture. You're going to play defense. You're going to run the football. Um, and every now and then you're going to have a little bit of sp- splash play with Carson Wentz. I think that's kind of what you have to do. Continue building your roster, pre- uh, prepare to draft a quarterback, temper expectations a little bit. Next year's probably the year. All right, let's go with the Giants. I would say they only really have one. I, I split it into three, but number one is so important that it kind of bleeds into two and three. Point number one, I would get talent at every single position group. I've done rants on this, and I've talked about this at nauseum. I don't know if the Giants are using a different bank account than everybody else in the league, but they pay a lot of people because they're right up against the cap, but they have no good players. 
I don't know where their money's going. I don't know if they're using the same salary cap as everybody else. You don't pay your quarterback. Daniel Jones is on his, still on his rookie deal. Um, your line is pretty inexpensive, and you have a young guy on there. Your best offensive lineman is also on a rookie deal. Um, arguably, your best wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, is also on a rookie deal. You overpay for a wide receiver. I think you overpay for a linebacker and a, uh, and a lineman, a defensive lineman. Where, where's all the money going? They don't have a singular unit that you can point to and go, cool, we'll lean on that and we'll build around that. Not one. Not one. Maybe wide receivers if they can turn it around this year, but they showed no evidence of that last year um, at, at, at all. Um, and so that would lead me into point number two. I would get ready to take a quarterback in next year's draft. Brian Dable is going to want to go get his guy. I think you could see him bail on Daniel Jones and for Tyrod Taylor – I don't know, by Thanksgiving, seven games in, could, would you be surprised if Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback? Oh, not at all. Played with, with Dable in Buffalo for a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I would get ready to draft a quarterback next year. And for this year, I'd kind of build build your culture, right? Get better each and every week. Kind of like Miami did like three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Started out horrific. They got blown out in, in like the first four weeks. But each blowout went from like 30 points and then they lost by 21, and then they lost by 18, and then 14, and then they lost by 9. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just slowly started getting better, and then by the end of the year, they went into Foxborough Foxbo and beat Brady. Right, so that's kind of the slowly build, build your culture, get a little bit better every week. Boom, get the quarterback next year. Hopefully you guys can pop. That is GM Genius for the NFC East. Um, a lot of really bad in this division. Really bad. I mean, look, all I could say for the, the last three teams, the Eagles, the the Commanders, and the Giants, get talent. Right? Eagles need it on defense. Some more than others, right? Eagles, you know, the offense is pretty good. Even the defense isn't bad. Um, go continue to rebuild the defense. Washington actually have a pretty good roster, but I don't think you have the quarterback. You'll probably get them next year, right? Build your culture now. And same with the Giants, right? Go get some talent. You'll probably get your quarterback next year. Yeah. I don't know. Call me crazy. But I did say numerous times throughout this, just wait till the third segment. We'll tell you how, like, what specific, you know, people these teams are going to draft to turn around their franchises. So make sure you come back in the third segment. We'll have our 2022 mock draft courtesy of The Issue. Hey guys, it's Luke here from The Issue. Doing the podcast, we want equipment that works just as hard as we do. That's why we chose Rockville Audio when we thought to build the studio. We got our microphones, boomsticks, a mixer, headphones, audio cables, everything from rockvilleaudio.com. They have way more than that. They have stuff for your car, for boats, lighting, audio, everything you could possibly need find it at rockville.com they are awesome go check it out that is rockville.com what's up we are back it is the third segment on draft day and you know we couldn't pick a better day for to have an episode come out and it just so perfectly fell on a thursday we've been releasing on thursdays now for a couple weeks uh you know if you haven't turned on that little notification bell on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen go ahead and do that let you know when all of our new episodes come out also just going into the draft make sure you are following our social media uh we're about to go through our mock draft our entire mock draft is posted on instagram and twitter okay so go up you can check all of our picks out there you know save it send it to a friend and also on twitter follow us at the issue podcast we're going to be live reacting to all the picks pretty much i'll pretty much pretty much every pick right like i'll tell you right now when the Patriots take Devin Lloyd, I wouldn't expect a tweet. I'm just going to tell you right now because everybody and their mother knows it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not a surprise. Now, like when Kenny Pickett like, goes to the Saints, it's going to be freaking amazing. Yeah. And you better believe that I'm going to be giving our thoughts about that. Um, as, as we should be. Right, right. And, you know, when our entire first round mock draft goes 32 for 32. It's going to be You're going to hear feeling. about it. You're going to hear about it's it. Gonna, it's going to be a real good feeling. All um, right. All right. Well, I lied because there's no way we go 32 for 32 because this is what we would do. And uh, come on. Now we're smarter than most of the NFL GMs anyway. So without further ado, let's get into it. 
with the first pick in the 2022 issue mock draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan edge rusher. Okay. Um, A lot of people have Trayvon Walker going here. I don't think that's the right pick. I think Aiden Hutchinson is a is going to be a better professional player. Is the ceiling higher with Trayvon Walker? Yes. Is the floor much lower? Also, yes. And a team that doesn't have a lot of surefire talent, right? You're paying $25 million to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's never been a number one receiver in his entire career. You're betting on Trevor Lawrence. I am too, but that doesn't mean it's a surefire bet. Let's go get somebody who day one is going to vie for a Pro Bowl spot day one. Is he going to be a first-team All-Pro? Probably not. Is he going to be Chase Young? Probably not. Is he going to be a really solid NFL starter day one? Absolutely. I'm going with the surefire bet and probably one of the best NFL talents, NFL-ready talents in this draft, Aiden Hutchinson. I would agree. With the number two pick in the 2022 issue, mock draft, I don't do that every time. Okay, the Lions. Select Sauce Gardner, corner out of Cincinnati. So I know what you're saying. Corner at number two is nuts. But they whiffed hard on the Jeff Okuda pick from two years ago. They have to rectify that and go through the team. They actually don't need a whole lot. Their offensive line's solid. You could argue into a quarterback, but I don't think you should overdraft a quarterback at two. You have a decent receiving core, and you can always add to that later in the draft. You could argue me into an edge rusher, but I think this draft is so deep with edge rushers that your pick at 32, you could probably get a pretty solid one. What you can't get at 32, though, is a 6-4 corner that is guaranteed to lock down Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. He might be the best player in the entire draft, but you just don't really pick a corner at 1. But I think the Lions and Dan Campbell, being a defensive guy, have the stones to take a DB at 2. I think they do. Um, Sauce Gardner's 6'4", 2-something, you know, maybe, maybe maybe two even, right? He's real thin, long arms, super athletic, looks like an NFL corner, never let up a touchdown in college. Fantastic instincts. Never let up a touchdown in college. How is that even possible? Sauce Gardner at two. At number three, let's go with the Texans um, taking Evan Neal. I think there's already been talks that they're going to um, trade Laramie Tunsil, which I wouldn't do. I think you need a tackle. And um, if you add Evan Neal to it, now you have bookends. And if Davis Mills ends up being the guy, boom, you have a line as well. If he's not, and you bring in another guy, boom, that young guy gets to stand behind a fortress. Evan Neal's 350, like 6'7". And uh, Laramie Tunsil's not a small guy either if you end up keeping him. So I think building a fortress for either A, if Davis Mills ends up working out, you got to give him a fair shot by protecting him. And if he doesn't, Bringing in a young guy, having an offensive line for him to stand behind is huge. I'm going to go out and get Evan Neal. He's a beast. At number four, I think uh, the Jets, they probably do the same thing. I think they go get Iki Aquanu from NC State. He's an offensive uh, tackle as well. So they're already going to gonna bail on Makai Becton, who was their pick from two years ago. He's had been having some weight issues. He's just not been – it hasn't panned out. Um, so you need to protect Zach Wilson. If you want to give him any fighting chance, you got to keep him off the turf. Ikki Aquan is a beast. They'll take him there. I think you're going to see a little bit of a run on tackles here. I think the Giants, I think it's mostly based on necessity. The Giants need to tackle too. They have the 30th ranked offensive line in the league. And if you ask around, they only have one true starter, and it's Andrew Thomas. Everybody else is probably a backup on most teams, so you got to go get an offensive lineman. Charles Cross from Mississippi State is the best available at this point, outside of, I think, Linderbaum. I think Linderbaum will end up being better overall, but he's a center, and you get more value out of the tackle position, so you go get him higher in the draft. Charles Cross, Mississippi State at five. And the Panthers, the pick a lot of people are probably waiting for. Yes, we have them taking Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback. They've already said they're going to add to the draft room. They don't have another pick in the first round. So unless they plan on taking like Desmond Ritter in the second round, which I think is a bad decision, you go get the guy with a ton of upside. Um, He's from that area. It's not everything, but it's important. He's from that area. Um, Matt Rule's an offensive guy, and 
look, if he doesn't start winning games or at least become super interesting, he's out of a job here in a couple months. You know, if you, you could look up in 10 months, and if they go 4-13 and 13 again, and they're not even interesting, Matt Rule's on the streets, right? You gotta at least be interesting, and I think if you get Malik Willis, you have a chance to be good. So let's go Panthers, take Malik Willis at 6. Alright, the Giants have another pick here at 7. I think they take Trayvon Walker and kind of end his slide. A lot of people had him going 1. Um, just based on necessity, I think he just drops to, to 7. Um, that edge rusher from Georgia, right, very raw, has a lot of the intangibles. I'm sorry, has a lot of the measurables. Needs to kind of work on some of the actually turning it into production, right? Being able to turn the edge. Um, get Kind of using some pass rush moves and varying them to get to the quarterback. But he's got the physical traits there. And uh, I don't know, New York always needs a good pass rusher, right? Go back in the day, O.C. Uminura and Michael Strahan, uh, Justin Tuck, right? They've always had a good edge rusher um, when they've been good. So they go get Trayvon Walker. All right, at number eight, we'll kind of speed through, uh, you know, so not speed through, but, you know, pick up the pace a bit. Uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. It's pretty simple. You're not going to have Calvin Ridley next year, and so it's just going to be Kyle Pitts in an empty warehouse. you got to get somebody um, for, what, Mariota to throw to? Plus, you're going to go get a quarterback next year. Let's at least have some talent for the young quarterback to throw to next year when he eventually gets drafted. I don't know who yet. Obviously, we'll do a mock draft for next year as well. Uh, okay, next pick. At number nine, I think the Seahawks. This is the pick from the Broncos here. I think they take Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I, I don't... This is this is what we would do. I am going to weigh in the fact that I just know Seattle's going to do it, right? And so I'm a little bit biased. I just know they get obsessed with defensive players, and they just take them. Plus, like you did mention, the, their pass rush was horrific. It was horrific. Bad. you got to get to the quarterback, especially when you're going to have Kyler Murray, you're going to have Matt Stafford, and if Trey Lance is good, you got to get to those quarterbacks. You can't let them sit back there and pick you apart. Um, so they go, to, they go to pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau, kind of end his slide. All right, we have our first and only trade here in the mock draft. At number 10, the Jets have a pick from the Seahawks. We here at the issue are going to predict the Jets are going to trade that pick to the San Francisco 49ers in a package for Debo Samuel. I think they will add more picks, later round picks, or next year, so we don't have to worry about them. Um, but for this specific draft, this pick would be affected. I think this this 10th overall pick would be in the package for Debo Samuel. So the 49ers are now on the clock at 10. They pick. <laughs> They're going to take Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. They need guys in the secondary. Ideally, you'd like to go get a lockdown corner, but I think if Sauce Gardner's gone, you could argue me into them reaching with Derek Stingley, but I think, again, it would be a reach. I think Kyle Hamilton is a better talent. He's still in your secondary. He can cover... He could probably even cover receivers, but he will lock down any tight end. You put him on, he's big, he's physical. Um, the closing speed is unbelievable. He's a playmaker. He will get four interceptions a year, which from a safety, you take that. That's Minka Fitzpatrick, Pro Bowl numbers. Um, I think you go get Kyle Hamilton. He might be one of the best overall talents in the draft. At number 11, we have Washington. I think they take Drake London. Like I said, Whenever you get your quarterback next year, Washington probably will, you're going to need somebody to, for him to throw to, right? I like Terry McLaurin, but if you can get a, a second receiver like a Drake London, um, you, you you have a really solid receiving core. I think Terry separates pretty well. He's a good route runner. Drake London does not separate quite as well. He doesn't have the speed or the route running ability, but he's a big possession receiver in the red zone. That's huge for a young quarterback. And so next year, Washington presumably will have a young quarterback. Get him a big catch radius guy with Drake London. All right, the Vikings. We kind of stewed over this pick here at 12 for a while. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. They just signed Kirk Cousins. Their running back is solid. Their offensive line's good. Um, their receiving core is solid. You could argue into secondary. I think they got to go get an edge rusher. They have to be able to get to the quarterback when you have Aaron Rodgers in division. So I think that's exactly what they do. They go get Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. He's an edge rusher. Bit of a bigger guy, more of a more of a defensive end style rusher. Um, kind of reminds me of Miles Garrett. Not quite the prospect of Garrett, I will say, but kind of has that skill set, or at least could have the potential to have that skill set. So we'll go with him at twelve there. 
All right, the Texans have another pick here at 13. I think they take Chris Olave, wide receiver from um, Ohio State. I think he's the the, um, second best wide receiver in this class. But I don't think Washington will take him because I think Washington will take – I think they love the size and the catch radius of Drake London. So I will predict the Texans here to take Chris Olave. Again, if, if, you, if you're going to give Davis Mills a shot or if you draft another guy next year, you need, he needs somebody to throw to. So you're already going to protect him um, with Evan Neal, your first pick. Now you get him somebody to throw to with Chris Olave. You at least give him a fighting chance. You give him a fighting chance. All right, at 14, I think the Ravens continue to take wide receivers in the first round every year until one of them works. And uh, this year's uh, edition of that is going to be Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. Step on up, join Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brown. And I think the three of them kind of create a pretty solid receiving core. Um, I think the nice part about Burks, right, you could argue that um, there's better wide receivers left, like a Christian Watson, um, a Jamison Williams. But I think Traylon Burks fits the need of the Ravens. They already have a speedster, so they don't need uh, Jamison Williams. And uh, they kind of have more of a versatile receiver right now in Rashad Bateman. He's not slow, but he's not necessarily a possession guy. Traylon Burks, you know what you're getting. You're going to get a big physical receiver. And with Lamar, it's kind of what he enjoys, right? That's what he likes to throw to. He loves his tight ends because they're big, they're physical. Um, And I think Traylon Burks kind of fits that role. So we'll go him to the Ravens at 14. All right, at number 15, the Eagles, I think they take Derek Stingley. Like we said, they got to rebuild that defense. You can't let Jalen Hurts, or I guess force Jalen Hurts to try to win shootouts. Um, and Derek Stingley is, at bare minimum, super, super talented. Um, he hasn't been able to put it forward for three consecutive years, right? He had a really good freshman season, injuries, underwhelming 2021. I do still think he's a really, really good corner. He's got all the traits of a, of a solid corner. He just kind of has to button it all up. I think he will. Eagles take him at 15. At 16, I don't think the Saints take the take a quarterback quite yet because I think they know they'll be able to get one later. I think they go take a wide receiver for that quarterback to throw to. They don't have anybody outside of Michael Thomas, and he has been very hit or miss whether he even plays. Um, so I think they take Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, go be able to stretch the field a little bit. Um, whenever they've been good, the Saints, they've been able to stretch the field with Drew Brees, right? He was always throwing a little bit deep, right? Go get a speedster, stretch the field, kind of open things up underneath for Michael Thomas. I think they'll complement each other nicely. The Chargers at 17, I think they go take Jordan Davis. They were not able to stop the run at all. Last season, so you go get Jordan Davis from Georgia, the defensive lineman. He'll be able to plug up the middle. You don't really have to worry about the run game anymore. Throw him in there as a three-down guy. He'll stop the run. I think you're in business there. The Chargers have to stop the run so they can get the ball back to Justin Herbert. So you're not watching a lot of football games. All right, the Eagles' second pick here at 18. I think they go get Nicobe Dean to continue rebuilding this defense. They need to get playmakers on defense. They need to get speed. I saw a clip of Nicobe Dean starting on the far hash and running clear across as a middle linebacker to the other side numbers, to the wide side numbers, to make a tackle in the backfield. Um, he is a rare talent, I think. I think you're going to look up in three years and you're going to be like, wow, why didn't anyone take Nicobe Dean in the top 10? I think he's a beast. I think he's a beast. And I think he's going to fall to the Eagles here at 18, and I think they're going to get a steal. And finally, the Saints go out and get a quarterback. I think they take Kenny Pickett. Now, do they like Jameis enough to start him this year? Yes. But do I think they would like to groom Kenny Pickett a little bit? Right. I think he's pretty NFL-ready, Kenny Pickett is. But I don't think it would hurt for him to sit for a half year. Right. Say he starts six games this year. Is that bad? No. No. I mean, look at what happened at Pitt to make that adjustment. It took him a couple of years. He stayed around a while. And I think it might be... I mean, the jump from college football to the NFL is no joke. It might be around kind of the same. Just sit, learn the system, get comfortable. Maybe, maybe start four to six games right. in spots, right? Don't throw uh, them into the fire too quick. Don't throw them into the fire, but I think they do take Kenny Pickett because they're going to need a quarterback for the future. Jameis is not that, so they'll take Kenny Pickett at 19. Duh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, they're going to take Tyler Linderbaum, and if they don't, I'm going to be incensed i'm gonna be upset 
They need somebody to move bodies to let Najee Harris run the football. If you want Najee to last any more than two years, you need to block for the man. Because imagine how good he would be if he could get three yards upfield without getting without getting touched. And then he meets first contact. And then because he's huge and elusive, bounces off for another three. That's six yards a carry. Right now he's getting hit three yards deep in the backfield and just getting back to the line of scrimmage. All right, you go get a guy who can move bodies. Tyler Linderbaum might be the best pound-for-pound dude in this draft. Um, He's a former wrestler, so he understands leverage, so I'm not worried about him being quote-unquote undersized. I don't have a problem with it. The dude is a beast. He moves bodies. Probably the best interior lineman prospect since Quentin Nelson. I think you take him, you're happy with him, 20 the Steelers to get Tyler Linderbaum. Again, I already said I think the Patriots take Devin Lloyd. This is such a Belichick pick. It's unbelievable. Um, and I also don't blame him. Devin Lloyd's like 6'5", 250, and moves like a, a wide receiver. I mean, he's a freak of nature. Um, he played really, really well in the Rose Bowl against uh, Ohio State. Devin Lloyd's the clear pick here. They'll take him at 21. All right, the Packers have this pick from the uh, from the Raiders. I think they have to go draft a wide receiver. The best available right now is Christian Watson. He's got a big catch radius. He's about 6'5". Um, 220 is a big guy, moves well. Like I said, big catch radius, has solid hands. I worry that he's from North Dakota State, but at the end of the day, if you can play, you can play. And I think he can. I think the Packers will take him at one, or with their first pick here at 22. They need a receiver desperately. They have nobody else in their room. I think the Cardinals have to go out and get somebody to plug the middle. You saw with J.J. Watt how good they could be against the run, and then you saw when he wasn't there, they weren't the same defense. That just wasn't the same defense. After J.J. Watt tore, what he tears, peck, his bicep, tricep, something like that. Um, something upper body, got an injury, couldn't play. So they go get Devontae Wyatt um, from Georgia, the other defensive lineman. He'll plug up the middle, play a similar role as J.J. Watt. I don't think he'll get to the quarterback quite as much, but he'll stop the run. He'll be a smart presence in the middle of the defense. That's what the Cardinals need. All right, Cowboys here at 24. I think you have to go protect Dak. We said that that was the number one thing. Dak is not the same player without a, without solid protection. No, he's not. When Tyron Smith misses games, Dak is a different player. So you have to go get, do I think Penning's going to be the next Tyron Smith? No, and Tyron Smith's still there, but he just doesn't give you a full 17 games anymore. Um, but you lost Lael Collins, your other tackle. You already lost a guard to free agency as well. Go out and replenish your offensive line a little bit. Go get Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa tackle. Um, he's a tier down from the Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross. Those are the top three. He's a tier down, but I don't think he's that far down. I think he's a B-minus player um, day one, which is pretty good for a day one guy. If he's a B-minus guy, developing him into a B-plus, you'll never have to worry about it for 12 years. All right, well, the Bills have uh, pretty much every offensive piece you could need. They have a solid tight end, Stephon Diggs, a good number two, a good number three. Um, I think the backs are okay. You could argue me into them taking a running back here, but they've tried that and it hasn't really worked out. They're not run-oriented, so I don't think you waste a pick here. Um, I think if you want the success to last, you can't rely on Josh Allen to will his way to winning every single week for you. You kind of have to let your defense step up a little bit. And I think the best way to do it is get a cornerback opposite of Tredavious White, um, the star corner that they do have. So you go out and get Andrew Booth, the Clemson cornerback. He'll be able to come in and start day one. He was a three-year starter, I believe, at Clemson. Um, he's experienced. He'll be able to come in and pretty much make an impact day one. I think that's what the Bills do. All right, number 26, the Titans. I think they also follow suit and take a DB. I think they would have loved Booth, but they'll take Trent McDuffie from Washington instead. Solid guy, little undersized, but brings the speed. And in the NFL nowadays, you got to be able to run with these wide receivers. I think he can. So I think the Titans will take him at 26. They don't have a lot of needs. Their offensive line is pretty solid. You're obviously not going to draft a running back. With Tannehill's contract, it wouldn't make sense to bring in another uh, another quarterback. Um, you could argue edge rusher, but they got Bud Dupree, and they had a solid pass rush last year. Maybe linebacker, but I think you'd get more value out of a DB here. They go Trent McDuffie at 26. Out of 27, I think the Buccaneers take a guard. Uh, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Look, they lost both of their guards um, this past offseason. Shaq Mason ends up going to, I want to say, uh, New England. I might be crazy. doesn't matter. They lost both of their guards. 
Um, so they're going to need to kind of replenish the offensive line. Tommy doesn't like to get hit. He's not a mobile quarterback, right? No. you got to keep him upright. Keep him off the turf. Um, Kenyon Green's a big body, and he'll be able to do that. So they'll take them at 27. I, I think the Packers have to go get another uh, wide receiver here. They already went to go get a big uh, possession-style guy, and they already have a slot guy. So I think you kind of need to find an in-between. I think George Pickens is kind of that guy. So if you have Christian Watson, the big possession guy, you have um, Amari Rodgers, who they drafted last year, will be your slot guy. Go get a nice in-between guy. He'll be able to run the intermediate routes really, really well. I think that's George Pickens from Georgia, wide receiver. Um, and he can block, one of the more underrated blocking wide receivers. And I think that is an underrated thing, especially for a team who has two really solid running backs and a good offensive line. They're going to be running the football. If you can get a guy who can block on the outside as well, that's a bonus. They'll take George Pickens to 28. I think the Chiefs at 29. Uh, I think they probably go get Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver from Penn State. I think he's the best available wide receiver at this point. I, I, I don't love that he's a little bit small, but that hasn't been a problem. I think mm-hmm. you have to replace Tyreek Hill a little bit and be able to stretch the field. They go, went out and got uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, so he'll be able to stretch the field as well as Jahan Dotson. Um, but Dotson is very, very shifty in the open field. Exactly a weapon that I think Andy Reid could utilize. So we'll go uh, with the Chiefs taking Jahan Dotson at 29. Now the Chiefs have another pick here at 30. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded one of these picks. But again, I'm not going to start playing the what-if game on trades here. We'll be here all day. I mean all day. Um, So let's go with the Chiefs using that pick at 30 to take David Ojabo from uh, Michigan, the edge rusher, kind of opposite of Aiden Hutchinson there. I think he's really solid. There were arguments during the season that he was better than Hutchinson. Now he kind of fell a little bit, his draft stock. I still think he's an exceptional player. And I think Kenny Clark hasn't really been what they thought he would be. And uh, their, their DBs aren't all that solid. And I think you get more value out of Ojabo here. And he kind of makes your back end look better, right? If he can get to the quarterback and minimize the time that you have to cover wide receivers, um, he can make you look a little better. Plus, look around the division. You have Herbert, now Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. You have to make these quarterbacks uncomfortable or they're going to pick you apart. So they go get an edge rusher um, with the guy from Michigan. All right, the Bengals. Um, they did a lot to replenish or, I guess, rebuild their offensive line this past offseason. I think you need to keep it going. Go get Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College. You draft him, you're done with the line for the next eight years. You don't have to worry about it. Maybe not eight. You don't have to worry about it for another four to five years. Um, you'll have most of the pieces signed through then. You'll have young guys that will be developing. You'll be just fine. I think he kind of fortifies that line. You don't have to worry about it. Bengals take Zion Johnson at 31. And finally, the Lions at 32 um, from the Rams. This is from uh, the pick from the Rams here. I think they'd go take George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. First of all, I think that – go look up a picture of George Karloftis. He just looks like a Dan Campbell guy, right? Like he's going to grit it out, real tough. Um, he's kind of from that footprint too. Purdue is, you know, kind of in the same general area that, like I said, not everything, but it matters. Um, I think he kind of fits the mold of what they want their football team to be, a little bit tough. Um, and George Karloftis is that. So he'll sneak in here at the end of the first round at 32 to the Lions. And that's it. That is the first issue mock draft. Um, Ever? Yeah, we didn't do one last year. Up. No, but definitely something that we will continue to do and do again. Um it was good. It was good. I like the sounds. Bringing that in. It was good. That's one of my favorite sounds is the draft sound. It's got to be up there, like along with like some of the intros from like a CBS like, or, or a like Fox. The Fox, or, yeah. the Fox NFL Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's a great sound. Or like the March Madness sound. The That's March a good Madness one. is a good one. Um, not many. I, do you like the NHL playoff one on NBC? That's always a good one. Yeah. I'm usually, I, with that sound, I have a lot of memories, like core memories of just sitting on my couch with no fingernails left to bite. Just Marc-Andre Fleury throwing his body in front of a puck. Stopping Max it. Talbot, for some reason, scoring the only two goals in that game. Beating the Detroit Red Wings and adding to our, what was it, 
Those are like our fourth time, Stanley Cup. Yeah, something I don't even know. That so might have been our third. third. It was the third because now we have five. And yeah. That makes sense because we won back to back. But yeah, right, yeah, we digress. That is all we have for you guys today. Um, we will be back next week. But until then, go check out the social media: Instagram. We got our graphic up over there. Twitter, the same deal. And we have our live reactions from the draft uh, that we will be throwing up on Twitter. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. We know there's a lot of outlets where you can go get sports news and sports opinions we appreciate you stopping by here to listen to us and uh please please come back next week to get our thoughts on the draft and we'll see how right we we were absolutely we will have uh, a couple guests coming up too in the next couple of weeks and a ton of news for the show coming up i'd say i mean we're gonna start announcing stuff in the next two three weeks right at the absolute latest so guys thanks for sticking around that was the issue